Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to The Shred Show Live, where we bring you industry professionals, entrepreneurs, and the best of the best from around the world who are willing to share how they shred, the strategies, the techniques, and the actionable items that you need in your business to go out and dominate. Join us as we shred, show up, hustle, repeat every day. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, what a fun and exciting time. Our industry is going crazy right now, and what better time to have Barry Habib joining us when just the market is going nuts, but we're talking about momentum and how critical momentum is to your business, and now more than ever, Barry Habib named honestly, I, he's probably named one of the most influential people, the top leaders in our industry, not just because he knows what's going on in the market, but he, because he's continuing to bring you value day in and day out. Barry, thanks for joining us on the show, brother. I appreciate well, it. It's good to be with you, my friend. It's good to be with all you guys. I've got Gino and Don also with us from Finance of America and of course, Momentum Builder 2021, which we're going to be talking about. But before we get into any of that, Barry, the, the, the market's going crazy, my friend. People are saying refis are dead, but you have a different opinion on that. But hey, have we hit the bottom yet, Barry? Are things are can we settle down or what's what's the deal? So I guess when you mean the bottom, like the bottom of bond prices dropping and the top and yields, it seems <laughs> to me there's a little more to go. If you want to watch the ten year Treasury after breaking a really important level at one three seven, we thought that that might hold, but the real strong level is one point six percent on the ten year Treasury. Watch that carefully. Think it goes gets a little worse before things get better. What's interesting now is that yields are at a period where at a point where they're actually now higher on some treasuries than the return that you get as far as your dividend yield on the S&P 500. So for a while, the S&P 500 dividend yield was at about 2%, a little over 2%, but because stock prices continue to rise, just like on your rate sheet, as prices go up, yield comes down, that's come down to about 1.5%. The long bond, the 30-year bond, that's at 2.3%, and now with the 10-year getting up to about 1.5%, maybe going to one6 it, it causes a different opinion for many traders and investors before, thanks to Ben Bernanke, thanks to Janet Yellen and Jerome Powell, they created something called TINA, T-I-N-A, which stands for there is no alternative to the stock market. Now, they knew this. They wanted to create something called the wealth effect. They wanted to punish you as a saver. It sounds awful, but this is what they wanted to do. And their feeling was we stop saving and we put ourselves in a position where we can force people to go into the stock market, stock prices would rise, you'd feel wealthier, you'd spend more, and you'd put, your, put the economy in a position where there would be more activity. Now with yields rising, you wonder if the stock market may get a little top heavy and some of that money comes back into the bond market as an alternative. Hmm. See, all wow. good, right? that's a great <laughs> insight. Nobody knows. Everybody's like, why is this happening? <laughs> I love I that. Say, that's the simplest form of it. Like, there you go. So again, Barry, we shouldn't be freaking out though as an industry, right? We all knew this was going to happen. This is something, it, I guess, is it good for the rates to start to climb a little bit so things start settling down? What are your thoughts here? So the reason why we're seeing rates move up is because there's fears of inflation. So inflation and interest rates are at odds with each other. The reason why rates go up is because as you think about inflation, the way it impacts something like a mortgage or a long-term bond that you're investing in, put yourself in the position of somebody lending the money. You receive a fixed payment over time, but inflation makes the goods and services that that payment can buy a little more expensive over time. So it's literally eroding 
your ability to use that payment that you're getting. So in other words, if you guys gave me a mortgage, I'm paying you 2000 bucks a month. Every month, if you went out and you bought a list of things, over time, you can't get everything on that list because each item starts to maybe cost a little bit more. Some items cost a little bit more, so it doesn't get you everything checked off on the list. Now, if you've given me that mortgage and you thought inflation was going to stay low, that's in the rearview mirror. You can't do anything about that. But since you guys are in the business of lending money, the next loans that you do, you're going to look at that and you're going to say, hey, you know what? If I'm going to lose my, my buying power and it's going to erode more rapidly because either I'm thinking inflation is going to start to move up or inflation's actually moving up, then what happens is you say, how do I protect myself? I have to start from a higher perch to offset that more rapid erosion. I've got to charge a higher interest rate. So this is why this is occurring. It's not because inflation's here. Now, tomorrow we're going to get a, an important report, the Fed's favorite measure of inflation, PCE, personal consumption expenditure. But inflation hasn't yet shown itself, but everybody's thinking it is because of all this stimulus. My opinion is maybe we get a little bit of a price move in inflation, at the end of last year, we said we were going to see interest rates rise, but you also heard me say that I think that interest rates will cycle back down once the masks come off, once the supply chain comes back towards the end of 2021, and then maybe even thinking about a potential recession 2022, 2023. So I think rates, I don't know if they go to all-time lows, they do cycle back down. So your question to me was, should we get freaked out? Listen, the purchase market is great. Focus on the purchases, focus on cash out refinances. Don't focus on things you cannot control. Focus on being smartest and best advisor you can be and build momentum that way into the future. I love so, that you're saying. Go ahead. Go ahead, Gino. As, as so, Barry, on that note, one of the things is if you truly believe that inflation is coming, if you're one of those people in that camp that says with all the money that we've put into the market, it's we're trying desperately to create inflation and prevent deflation. So if you truly believe inflation is coming, there's no better thing to buy than a home, a real asset, something that's a hedge against inflation for the next 30 years. Because with a 30-year fixed mortgage, you're going to keep your mortgage in the same place. And as inflation over the next 30 years continues to grow, it becomes easier and easier to make that payment every single year. So for people that are worried about buying a home, inflation is actually a good thing for them if they do get into the home. Well, I agree with you that certainly a home will respond well because it's a fixed asset. You know, there's a lot of other fixed assets too, things like, you know, Bitcoin, things like yeah. gold, things like silver. There's all hedges against inflation. But where I really think your point's underscored about housing is there's just too much demand and not enough supply. So we're forecasting 7.5% appreciation this year. Look, if you put 10% down on a home, your your seven and a half percent return on the home gives you a seventy five percent return on your investment. So we just think there is too much demand, not enough supply. All this talk about maybe the housing market is in bubble like conditions. It's just not true. That since two thousand and seven, there are eight million more households, but three million fewer homes. The amount of homes available has decreased by seventy five percent. It went from almost four million to just about a million homes available to be sold, but yet there's 8 million more households, went from 116 million households to 128 million households, uh, I'm sorry, 118 million to 126 million households in the United States. This is why we are seeing such a rise in appreciation and so little inventory making it more difficult. People are paying over asking price. Sometimes that might make sense, but you really have to think it through. There's ways to evaluate it. So. This is a great opportunity for future growth and wealth creation in housing. So I completely agree with you, Gino, that it's a great place to be.
Well, and what was really cool, Barry, right is that that's what it's it's so nice, Barry. We watch you every day. We've we've actually become experts. We call ourselves economic journalists because of all we've learned from you. And one of the things that you always share with us is the facts, the real numbers and stuff. Like for those who are purchasing a home because there's not enough inventory, well, some uh, some of you out there have to, you know, bid higher than the asking price. And a lot of you go, well, why should I do that? And I love that you even have tools now, Barry, that show. Hey, if I'm going to have to bid over the asking price, how much should I go? And is it okay to bid over? And the tool shows that, well, if you're paying this much over and your, your projected area is projected to have a 7%, for example, appreciation level, here's where your break even point is. Here's how much you can overbid and that you'll be okay based on the appreciation levels. I mean, you always have tools, information, and all that. And that's why we have the Momentum Builder event is to bring people like you, Barry, only three-time returning uh, speaker for our event, by the way. You've been part of Momentum Builder every year. And you always bring value because uh, and you would even do the event uh, pre-recorded early because you're like, I want to give them on-time information because the market changes daily as we're seeing right now. We've, we've had interest right now. Yeah, we're seeing that right now, Don. And you're right. The, mm -hmm. If you're going to bid more than the asking price, and 56% of transactions have multiple offers, many of them over, and if you're going to compete against the 19% of transactions that go cash, which means about 22, 23% are offers of cash, the only way you're going to win that transaction is to bid more money. Mm -hmm. Now, sometimes that's over asking price as well. But rather than just saying, well, it feels like I should or listening to a real estate agent who might say, go ahead, keep going. Who knows? You can now evaluate, look, I'm going to go over asking price. But at what point in time, how long do I have to wait? If I have to wait three months till the value over asking price is now going to be offset and the home value will eclipse what I'm offering. So I'm in the green um, or in the black or making money on this transaction. Or is it going to be six years? You can at least evaluate that. And by the way, there are other situations, too, because will it appraise? You know, the LTV now might cause me to either need MI or come up with additional down payment. There are lots of factors to consider. But what we really want to understand is how long is it going to take me to get back this overpayment on the home? Is it immediate? Is it in three months? Is it in three years? And then I can make a decision whether or not it's worth it for me personally to move forward. And clients really like that. Now, the other thing that we're hearing in the media all the time today is, aside from the fact that many people are jumping on this bubble bandwagon, which doesn't make sense, and at Momentum Builder, we will go through step by step by step by step by step exactly why the housing market will continue from demographics to supply and demand to household formations to the amount of homes builders are put. We're going to go through every single step, but a big one is affordability. And people think that homes, because they've gone up, that homes are no longer affordable. This is the seventh most affordable market on record. And what people don't realize is because home values have gone up 10%, they think income has to go up 10%. It's not true. We'll go through the metrics because the math that makes it relative based on what you earn, based on what the payment is and how much you need to offset it, the percentages are far less in income gains needed to meet appreciation gains. Oh, Barry, this is the... This is the exact conversation because I, I wanted to share with everybody, this is what you're going to get a momentum builder. Like people are asking, well, well, Barry, how do I add value? We need to, and you talk a lot about this recently, Barry, you have for years, you have to be the advisor. You have to be knowledgeable so you can go back to your clients, your friends, your consumers and say, okay, let me explain this. Let me break this down because 
everybody within my sphere, within my audience is asking, Josh, is it a good time to buy a home? It seems like the market is peaked. I don't want to buy a home. And then this bubble that everybody's talking about, we need to squash that. And it's up to us as mortgage professionals, hearing people like yourself discuss it so we can be educated and ultimately go and educate our consumers on that. And that's what everybody can expect going into Momentum Builder 2021 here in March. So Josh, you're right. So if you think about a couple of just quick metrics here, one of the reasons that what, that what drives price is supply and demand. We know that builders have not been putting up enough homes. Lumber prices have gone up. It's very difficult to build on the low end. That's what's skewing the median home price higher, but that's not appreciation. So we'll break that down for you too. But the thing that people have to understand is that that first time home buyer who really drives the marketplace is about to explode. The reason they drive the marketplace is because unlike a move up buyer, move up buyer buys a home, so they deplete inventory, but they put one right back when they sell their home. So inventory remains neutral. A first time home buyer, that initial buyer, depletes inventory with their purchase, but they have no home to sell to put one back. So they are taking inventory away, making demand, you know, supply equation out of balance. And when you take a look at who replaces it, it's builders, but they're not keeping up with the pace. Now, we look at first time home buyers and the median age of one is 33 years old. So that means let's take a look at the birth rates from 33 years ago. So we go back to 1987 or 1988. And at that point in time, when we look at the birth rates there, when you see what happened in 1988, 89, 90, 91, the birth rates exploded to the upside. That tells us over the next four years, you're going to have enormous increased demand. We're already starting to see it. First time home buyers used to make up 27 or 28% of sales. Now, even with the lack of inventory, they're making up 33% of sales. Oh. We're going to see that start to increase over the next four years. That's going to push prices higher. So while it's hard to get into this market, it's important that you do because you'll benefit by seeing the value of your home increase rather significantly over the next three or four years. See, and this is the conversation that, again, being discussed, for all you originators out there, all you mortgage professionals, you need to be aware of that so you can start planning your strategy. Like, how are you going to start targeting first-time homebuyers? You need to be educated on what's available, what's out there. And again, Barry, that's exactly why you are such a value. Everybody thinks that Barry Habib is just like, oh, he knows the markets. Nah, ladies and gentlemen, he knows everything. He like he is there to continually <laughs> have these conversations. So you're way too kind. <laughs> the other thing we have to think about that we're hearing the drumbeat on is what happens with forbearance situations. Bingo. Now, forbearance is interesting in that people think that there's a big bill due. There's no bill that's due after forbearance. It gets put into what seems like the equivalent of a second mortgage, except there's no interest and there's no payments. It rides along the first mortgage after forbearance period is up. And then what has to happen is that you have to settle that up when when you refinance and there's equity to do that when you sell your home and there's equity to do that or when you pay off your loan in which case you got a ton of equity to do that so all of those three things will will happen but at staggered times it isn't as if there's going to be an event where everyone gets hit at the same time but when forbearance does end people will say well how about as far as making the payments go a percentage of people got into forbearance that didn't need it a percentage of people have come back to work so they should be able to handle their payments. And then for those unfortunate ones who are still not working and they don't have any type of relief to do that, there's an extraordinarily high probability that they'll have enough equity to protect. And with homes selling so quickly, they'll be able to put their home on the market, sell it 
pretty quickly, preserve and save that equity without putting too much of a hiccup into the housing market. Now, that is possible that with this move up we've seen in interest rates, depending on how long it lasts, that it does slow the flow a little bit. But I believe there's so much demand and so little supply that even if you throttle back the demand just a little bit here because rates are going up, you're still going to have a very healthy, very hot housing market that will continue. Maybe it doesn't get as crazy. That could actually be a good, healthy thing, but there's still going to be upside pressure on price. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a little too crazy, Barry. And so I, it's a welcome thing to slow things down a little a little bit. Every market can become overheated, whether it's the stock market, the bond market, or the housing market, and they create these bubbles. So a little bit of sanity, a little bit of peace of mind, just slow it down just a little bit might be a great thing. Well, and I think now more than ever, this is something that I'm excited for because I agree with Gino. I think the slowdown, this really shows the cream of the crop here because some people are like, well, refinances are dead. Like, I I guess that was it. I had my run. No, like you got to figure out ways to really set yourself apart. Now is the time you have to be an expert now more than ever. And that's what the Momentum Builder 2021 event is all about. It's not just about having great advice from Barry B. You have people from all over. John Hall, I just got off the, off the phone with prior to this. We have speakers lined up to make sure that you're fully rounded as a professional, as a human being. So it's not just you're the more best mortgage expert. You're here mentally, physically, emotionally. You're ready to go with to and be able to roll with the punches of what's coming up next. And Josh, I love what you said about that refinances, they're not dead. Refinances, if they're done correctly, what you have to also think about is rate is just simply one component of why you right. should refinance, right? There are others. We've had so much appreciation. People have gained 13% equity for the last 12 months in their home. So anyone who is at a 90 LTV, you don't need much of a savings and in interest rate for it to make sense by removing MI, right? So think about that. Anyone who had who had put down, you know, between a 10% down payment and 20% down payment, or even a you know, five to a 20% down payment, it may make sense for you, even if the interest rate doesn't change to use the equity in your home to take advantage of that benefit and remove MI. Or people have lots of debt and use the equity in your home to pay that debt. And then even if the rate's higher, it doesn't matter. We've got that debt consolidation tool that illustrates this. You could actually go from a rate that's, let's let's call it 3% to 3.5 or 3 and 3 quarters if we get to those levels. And you can then refinance somebody into that higher rate. You don't even need MI removal, but by paying off debt, taking that savings and accelerating the payment on the new mortgage to keep the overall payment the same as you were making, but now you're putting so much more towards principal, you put yourself in a position where you could take, let's say there's 28 years remaining on your mortgage, take that to 16, 13, 12, whatever it is, and change your life. No more worries about retirement. You've got your kid's college paid for. You know, these are life-changing events that an advisor, and we keep talking about that, and you guys keep mentioning it, and this is the one of the momentum themes is being that advisor, it's what makes the difference. And guys, there is something to worry about here because in the last several months, what have we seen? We've seen bigger companies get bigger and stronger because of the public markets. You've got SPACs, you've got IPOs, and they're loaded for bear. They are going to be well-prepared for a price war. So our, our op opportunity isn't going to necessarily be a price opportunity. It's going to be and one of advice. It's going to be one of leadership and guidance and structure because there's so much that's got to be structured on a mortgage. You know, we can't do one loan at a time. We have to take the loan they're doing today and balance it in conjunction with the next loan that we're going to be doing. 
Now, if there's going to be a, a recession in 2022 or 23 and rates are going to come back down, don't pay up for an MI, don't pay points. And in fact, maybe the lowest rate isn't the best rate to go with. Maybe what you should do is exchange a little higher rate for lower fees with the idea that in two years or so, I'll refinance out of it from these levels to an interest rate likely below 3%. We gave that same strategy in all of 2019 into 2020, <clears throat> and it paid off because while people didn't believe that we'd hit the rates we did, we certainly did because we saw that recession coming. It hit in February of 2020 before all the lockdowns, and we hit 1% on the 10-year before anybody really got serious with COVID. And the you called that, Barry. We saw <laughs> happening, and we do see similar setups because the level of debt we have is going to slow economic activity. So there will be an opportunity. So we've got to act as advisors and strategists, not just for this loan, but it really makes sense if we do the right loan because of what we're going to be doing. And then there's the individual circumstances too, what right. their needs are, what their goals are, what their changes might be. So an advisor takes this into consideration. Well, Barry, that's why this is such a crucial, uh, more than ever, attending an event like this, having these discussions is so important because again, sometimes, especially consumers with all the rate talk, like, hey, rates are lows, rates are lows, rates are lows. They need to know their options. Sometimes the lowest rate is not the best thing for them. They mm -hmm. need to know what is available. But again, sometimes we in this industry get so stuck in the mindset of like lowest rates, lowest rates, lowest rates. And then the consumer, that's all they're like, oh, well, I just need the lowest rate, lowest rate, lowest rate. And they see like a rocket commercial and they're like, oh, lowest rates. But it's so much more than that. And that's what this event is all about, is coming to get educated, to get the knowledge of incredible leaders like Barry and so many others. So with that, guys, we're going to start wrapping things. Barry's got one more point. I can I see in his eyes. You have to change your focus here, okay? Uh, people are working in their business and they're busy and they're You have to work on your business right now. And Gina, when you talked earlier about you know good investments and good hedges, the, the, there's one investment that's the absolute best investment that you could possibly make, and that's in your brain. That's in your mind. That is your best investment that you will ever make. So are you sharpening your skills? Are you just working in your business and just getting on that hamster wheel and trying to print as much money as you can without thinking about seeing the future before it becomes obvious? Because that's going to make you prone to changes like this. And, and, and when you see these changes, you're also going to be vulnerable. If you're looking further down the road, if you're building your business, have you gotten your teams in order? Have you gotten software in order? Have you put yourself in a place where you can convert more of the opportunities so that if less opportunities come your way, you're actually making more money regardless of where interest rates are? This isn't a one-time thing. This isn't like, oh, it was a good run. And while it lasted, it was good. Don't have that mentality. This is something where you're going to take whatever the interest rate market is and build on your business and grow your business because you're going to do the strategies and work on it instead of in it in a way that will help you grow and build your own empire. Work on your business, not in it. And I know Momentum Builder will help you have those tools for many different people. I'm certainly going to be focusing on how you need to do that and adjust in this market there. That's a mic drop, ladies and gentlemen. Work on your business. And Melissa Puckett said the exact same thing on Facebook. Yes, work on your business. Don't work in it. Ladies and gentlemen, you've heard it directly from Barry Habib. We have Gino and Don joining us from Momentum Builder. And this is an event you're not going to want to miss. This isn't just going to be another event. This isn't going to be another Zoom fatigue you're going to get. This is where you're going to get to be able to work on yourself and on your business like Barry is talking about. Become the expert. Become the person that you ultimately want to be. And that's what Momentum Builder will help you do and have momentum in 2021. Ladies and gentlemen, from all of us here at Shred, thank you to Gino, Don, and of course, 
course, the always entertaining and always educational Mr. Barry Habib, ladies and gentlemen. With that, guys, we always appreciate you. We love you. Now it's time for all of you guys to go shred. Go show up, hustle, repeat every day. See ya.